0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek is Mailbag Monday here on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, for this football episode, we got quite a few questions. And um, of course, he sent out the the Tweet yesterday so most of these questions are probably up to date i've not seen your dms i don't have access to those but uh, i'm sure all the questions in there are pretty good as well but looking forward to starting monday off by talking about some football
0: yeah and, and everybody got their questions submitted by 8 a.m this morning so that was that was the cutoff <laughs> yeah, thank you all so much for getting those in like that it's just so much easier to kind of keep up with if we set a deadline that way we're not uh, we don't have messages coming in uh, left and right. And if you miss the mailbag, be sure to get them in on Sunday next week because we'll do another mailbag after UT Chattanooga. But, Derek, let's just jump right into this thing. Uh, ben is in the in the mailbag two or three times uh, like he is every week. We appreciate it, Ben. Thank you so much for submitting questions. He says, do we agree that the U.K. offense is more about U.K. than it was ULM, especially after what they did to a good SEC defense in Missouri? That was the question going into the weekend, Derek. Was Kentucky's success on offense about ULM or was it about Kentucky? And I, I think you saw a difference. You saw a more, more established run game. You saw You saw more commitment to the run game, not the balance we saw in week one, but you saw a game plan that was designed to exploit where Missouri was weak. And Kentucky's mm-hmm. offense showed that they can do both, in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the first part that UK's offense. It, it was definitely more about UK. Obviously, we knew the was bad. Um, but when it came down to needing to execute a game plan, like you mentioned, this one mostly pertaining to the run game, they were able to perform it very well. You know, and then still to rack up over 500 yards of offense. Um, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't think Missouri is by any means going to be, you know, one of the better defenses they play in the SEC, but it obviously – when you're comparing it to ULM yeah it was a huge uh huge difference and Kentucky still performed very well made the passing plays when they needed to um didn't sit back and chuck the ball around the field all night but you know didn't have to not whenever you're running for almost eight yards every time you put it on the ground so yes definitely think that there you you had the fumble with Rodriguez and you have a a, a kick that gets blocked there at the end of the game and again who knows it's always hard to say how a game would play out if the Frederica scores I mean who knows how it would have gone but if in, in this reality that we're that we're using or this hypothetical I mean could have had 45 points and 500 yards in your first SEC game in a new offense so yeah I think that's pretty encouraging
0: Ben's second question is it safe to say that this defense may struggle when facing high football IQ quarterbacks
1: yeah, but, I mean, I think that's the case for most defenses. Um, I do think kind of the soft coverage UK likes to play in an offense that gets the ball out quick with a QB who kind of takes what's there for him. I think that's going to give anyone trouble. But, you know, it's not like – I mean, Sean, they threw the ball 52 times and they threw for, what, 252 or something like that. It wasn't even 300 yards passing. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, it was aggravating to watch. I get that. Uh, I do kind of think after re-watching most of the game that – i think i think a lot of credit has to go to missouri i mean they, they made some plays uh like didn't really take sacks except for you know obviously the one at the end where he it was just a good blitz i guess by uk that didn't get picked up and um there was nothing he could do in that situation he just got hit too fast but for the most part he did a, i mean his touchdown pass to chisholm there at the end of the half i mean that was a great throw rolling out to his left and through a, a seed i mean he's not a guy that i think you would kind of categorize as a high, high powered arm QB by any means, but uh, he ro- roped that one out there and it was a great play. So I think you do have to give credit to Missouri. I think they're going to give a lot of teams trouble. Um, but I think we got a few other questions about the pass defense. I might save that for, for some other ones.
0: We do. And let's go ahead and wrap up Ben's final question here. And this isn't a question as much as a statement. <laughs> After his complaining at the end of the game, I feel like his name should be Eli Dinkin-Dunkowitz. <laughs>
1: Did you watch his press conference? I haven't. Oh, uh, it was pretty funny. I mean, he uh, definitely annoyed with the loss, but um, k- kind of funny at the same time. I, I was trying to figure out if I wanted like to cover him or not.
0: Did he say something about that Kentucky didn't beat him? They just ran out of time. Did he actually say that? Because I haven't gone back and look at in quotes. the five
1: minute press conference that I watched. I don't. I don't remember that being said. Okay, we have credit to UK, but uh. It just annoyed, I guess, with the loss. This is how <laughs> I would phrase But he had a diet coke there too. He was sipping on during
0: the process. like He he knew. Like here, here was the thing, man. Whoever lost that game, the other coach is going to come in there pretty annoyed. Oh yeah, because yeah. all the off season hype. You remember SEC Media Day? Eli Drinkwitz had a lot of the hype. Like, he was the the kind of Cinderella dude that was at SEC Media Day, doing all the interviews and having a good time with Marty and McGee, and you you could tell that. Missouri probably thought that they were gonna Missouri. Missouri to me was just as confident they were gonna win as Kentucky fans were as confident they were gonna win. I'm, I'm, that's how I felt about it.
1: Yeah, I think this is definitely setting up to be a very good rivalry. Um It needs to be, and I, and I don't think you can just count on UK continuing to dom. I mean, six out of seven is pretty impressive on any for a for a team that is not historically great obviously like UK and for a program like Missouri that has definitely been better historically than UK to win six out of seven against a team you would consider on your tier and I know they had a couple of bad years there once Pinkle retired um but that that's I think that's even more impressive than, than South Carolina honestly uh, what they've been able to do against Missouri to win six out of seven against those guys
0: yeah that is very impressive and then uh, we'll see what Kentucky does against South Carolina Another team that they have a really good record against. Going the for
1: uh, there. seven out of eight against such yeah. as hard to believe.
0: <laughs> That's where the program's changed itself, and now you got to take those next steps, and we'll, we'll see what happens with those. I'm trying to make sure, Derek, that we don't have any questions that we can group together. So we're not – all right, let's do, let's do Tyler's together and Walker's together. So Tyler asked, where do Stoops and White go for a pass rush? We simply won't win these tough games coming up without it. And then Walker says, with such a need for pass, pass rushing help, who are some names to look out for in terms of recruiting targets? So let's just throw those together. Derek, the first question will be, what can t- Kentucky do right now in the present? Because if they still got 10 more games to go in this regular season. It seemed like that they got to him. They were there in the backfield a few times. They just weren't there quick enough to make plays. They finally came through late, got their first tackle for loss in the fourth quarter. You can't play three quarters of football in the SEC and not have a tackle for loss. Kentucky has to find a way, whether it's scheme or design or something, to come up and get more pressure on the quarterback and get in the backfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, personnel-wise, I don't really know if there's anything else they can do. I mean, you're kind of, you got what you have, um, and it was a topic all offseason, but you know, Weaver, the healthier he gets, I think he's your best case to to be that dynamic pass rushing threat. I still like Jordan Rod a lot. Um, I believe he went out in the third quarter, which I don't think I realized during the game. But that's a loss whenever he's not out there. Um, I would say probably the more concerning thing, and I recognize it in real time and going back and watching it. I mean, they had to dial – the U.K. had to dial up some blitzes and they still didn't get home on it, which is which, which might be concerning. Um, something, something there is causing them to not – you know have effective blitzes and whenever you would blitz six or whatever and it would get picked up for a guy like Baselak, I mean that was gonna be easy pitch and catch all day. Um when he's dropping back and has that time. So I I think this is definitely gonna be a topic moving forward. Um would still say the way that they they that Missouri played, I mean I don't think you're going to see Bays like get sacked a lot, period. I mean, if they're, if the if, if team's going to play the kind of coverage UK did, I mean, it should be. But I mean, that's, that's how UK is, right? That's how it's been for a long time under Stoops. I mean, you're going to try to keep everything in front of them, hope that maybe they make a mistake. And once you get under the red zone, maybe you can hold them to some field goals. I mean, that didn't happen against Missouri. I think what Missouri was four for four for touchdowns in the red zone. So. Um, and in terms of the recruiting question, I still think Joshua Josephs is a guy that they're they're not a lean for by any means. I think they got a lot of work to do to get him, but he's a kind of outside linebacker that you know you would need some time. And then of course the guy they have committed, Keaton Wade. I think he's gonna come in. He's recently, we didn't talk about it on here, um, but he recently got he's he's a what used to be a US Army All-American. I think it's just called the All-American game now. But and he's one of the top outside linebackers in the country. And he's a guy that, I mean, can you expect it as a true freshman? Probably not. But if you're looking long-term, he's a big-time prospect to have um, set to sign with your school.
0: And I should have added back to Final force question as well. He said, proud of the football team, staff, and fans. Where do you see the pass rush coming from going forward and in the future? Current roster, recruiting, or transfer portal? I don't see a replacement for Paschal, Wright, or Weaver currently. Who are we recruiting to help here? Which, Weaver, what do you think? I mean, you obviously Weaver.
1: Well, I don't – I think Weaver's for sure going to be back next yeah. year. I think it would take an incredible year for him to leave. He's just a redshirt sophomore. With Paschal, I mean, Trayvon Ripka played a lot the other night. Yeah. He's, he's one of their better players already, I would say, on the defensive line. So, he'll be the starter there next year. Um, but I think you're, you're definitely right. Like, I was just talking about Keaton Wade. I was talking about Josh Joseph. Those are two guys who are going to be true freshmen. I would say – that will probably be an area they need to target in the transfer portal after this season, trying to find a guy who can – and that might not be easy to find, really. I mean, those are tough guys to find in the SEC who are, you know, good enough to make a a true impact. So, next year I would say with all Kentucky might lose – I was thinking about this today, it's almost harder than ever, Sean, to project what a roster might look like next year with so many guys having an extra COVID year if they want to use it. And then also the transfer portal, like it's almost hard to even – take a stab at this thing. But uh,
0: some of these guys that are on this roster now, we didn't think would be here, and they decided to use their extra year.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard to say. Um, but just knowing what we probably will know, I, I think J.J. Weaver is probably for sure going to be, if not the best player on the whole team next year, definitely probably the best player on defense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And staying on the defensive side of this, which we knew we'd get a lot of defensive questions because that, that tells us that the offense is obviously satisfying, right? (laughs) (laughs) If we're not really talking about them, they must be doing very well. Uh, Let's see here. So Wilson says, can you break down what you think our biggest defensive issues were between scheme execution and personnel? What do you think, Derek?
1: Okay, here we go. Yeah. I was trying to find that question in your thing.
0: Um, um, Do you think it was execution more than than anything? I mean, I mean, obviously Brad Watt is someone that Kentucky fans should trust. Brad Watt, I think Brad's going to get it figured out. Yeah, with Stoops and put them in the best situation possible moving forward. They have a game against UT Chattanooga Saturday. They can try some things. Uh, you, you really want this thing rolling by the time they get to that middle third of the schedule.
1: I think. um I think the scheme is what it is, like we were talking about. I mean, this is how they play. Something that really stood out to me was media day. If you remember when Brad White was talking about – I think he was – I don't know where he – what he was necessarily – if he was talking about fans in general or just people maybe disputing a band but don't break kind of scheme anyway. But he was basically saying if you want to get very aggressive and sit back and blitz a lot, you're going to give up a lot of big play. You're going to get some – you know potential turnovers you're going to get some plays for loss but you're also the more you blitz the more you're likely to give up big plays and I just think the philosophy for sure I mean I think we all know that is they are going to try to limit big plays the best they can it's been the same way for three years under stoops and white um so I think with the scheme it just is what it is and I think if that was their goal they were effective it was just too many third and longs the other day they couldn't get off the field and you know, when they throw a screen pass to Tyler Beatty and you only blitz two, and they score a touchdown on that play, like – And broke – I'm not going to blame it. the – yeah, like, I'm not going to blame the scheme on that. Like, I what else are you supposed to do if you're a coach? I mean, it's not like they played an, that poorly. That's so. an execution
0: problem. Yeah, they're, just, I they're think not executing.
1: So, and I think, think – uh and with personnel, I mean, there's really not much else you can do. A guy like Cedric Dort, whenever you play, like Kiki Chisholm, I'm not sure how big he was listed as, but like he was towering over Cedric Dort in the end zone. Like he's a smaller corner. There's only so much you can do. And when we're talking about personnel, like I think depth in the secondary, especially at corner is is definitely a real issue with Andrew Phillips out right now.
0: Well, that's that's I mean, our next questions, actually. Okay. You you let us right into it here. <laughs> so Oliver, we we have a couple too, so I'll read both of them. Oliver. Whether scheme or talent, experience, our cornerbacks were exposed a bit last night. Those seemed to play better in the second half. Depth and issue. What do we have to do to improve here? Does Stoops help out Collins? Phillips coming back would help. Thoughts? And then we had another one here. Let me see if I can find it. I want to make sure that I get it. I know we had another question about defensive backs. Do you see it there? anywhere I definitely
1: see Oliver. Right here
0: brad says is there any helping the dbs is the frat house fight the cause
1: for the lack of depth well it's definitely the cause for phillips not being out there um back to oliver's question um i definitely think yeah i mean i, I think about carrington valentine too and he you know he he got called on that cornerback blitz right there when they got that first or second tackle for loss um that was a good call. And he did a good job getting there and forcing Beatty to, uh, you know, it was just a good play call by White. I thought. Uh, it's a good play call because it worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, depth, depth is definitely an issue. I don't know what else they can do there. Um, and we talked about this. I think maybe that episode going into the first game of the year, like I, I definitely did not pay enough attention to all that they lost. I mean, you would, you would probably kill to have a Jamari Brown right now. <laughs> You know, or MJ Devonshire, who I uh, watched a little bit of that Tennessee game on Saturday. He was out there playing, like, you know, when you lose two guys who got drafted to the NFL at corner and then two more guys who are depth pieces, and you're in a spot where, I mean, it had Quandre Mosley not come back for a sixth year. I mean, who knows what they'd even be doing right now at corner. I mean, he probably to play a true freshman who was nowhere near ready, and Adrian Huey. So, maybe you see more Jalen Geiger play corner, but... uh I think at this point, like you just gotta, you just gotta roll with Dort and Valentine. Those are your two best guys who have proven themselves in practice. Dort, I know had a lot of kind of gaudy stats on Pro Football Focus. I'm not sure that how how much that was. You know, sometimes I think those stats, it's hard to really know what what to take worth a grain of salt and what not to. Um, but
0: and some of it comes down to have to get better pass rush, right?
1: To yeah, out- that- backs. It's all, you know. It's all everything plays together. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that people are overreacting because I mean, watching the game, like, yeah, it didn't look good enough. But I also think, um, I just think you got to give a lot of credit to Missouri. I really do. Like when you play in this league, man, you're not coming against teams that are that are very good and uh, at certain things. And I think play calling and you know, you're still in a situation where Carrington Valentine, <clears throat> excuse me, I know he's he's played some last year, but he's still a young player. I mean. Those, I, th- I think that unit will definitely get better as the year goes on, and I don't think you're going to face many. I mean, what other SEC teams are going to throw it 52 times, Sean? Um, maybe and the maybe way, nobody. And, they're you, gonna play.
0: and you go to your advantage, right? Kentucky yeah. did not shy away from their advantage. They ran the ball 50-plus. Missouri threw the ball 50-plus. Kentucky made the bigger plays, the bigger chunk plays. Overall, they won the football game. That's where if Kentucky didn't have those explosive plays, Derek, they don't win the game. Like even those ones in the passing game, that's what had been missing the last few years. Like you can you're gonna have games where you're gonna be one dimensional, especially if you're doing and having the success that UK was having. Same thing with Missouri with the with the you know, the little the little short passes here and there and getting those that that yardage. Uh, So, I mean, obviously you're going to take advantage and do what you're doing well. Kentucky did it, Missouri did it, but Kentucky did it better. Kentucky made the bigger plays. But we'll see. that. That is something that has to improve going into not, not just this coming Saturday, but going into South Carolina on the road, first SEC road game, and then going into that middle stretch. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. But Ezra says, I know our defense didn't play the best, but there were some questionable non-calls and calls, as in the interception that got called back, and some holding calls that didn't get called that prevented us from pressuring the quarterback. Do you see it getting cleaned up before the Florida game? And that's the, that's the game everybody's kind of circled, right, Derek? That's where you want to be your best is when you get to those October games, they, they've got to get it, some things cleaned up by then.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the interception call wasn't – I didn't think it was too bad. Um am sure UK would have liked to have not been called, but I thought Dort was in good position, but he was definitely extending. I mean, I can see why I got called, basically. Um, and it did look like there for a second Robinson got held, but, again, sure. it was so close. I didn't think anything was egregious. I'll say that. Um I'll, in terms of if it gets cleaned up before the Florida game, I don't know if Luke Doty will be back um, in time for that game uh, two weeks from or actually less than two weeks from now. Man, it's crazy when you get into the season how fast these games come around. Um, you know, I, the time I for that game today. What, yeah, I guess you're 12 game, twelve days away um, from that game. So, if that – and Doty's not really like – he played NCK last year. He's not like a – uh, precision-type great pass. That's not, that's not what he's – he's kind of a dual threat, can make plays with his legs, can make plays through the air, you know, when he needs to. But South Carolina has one of the weakest wide receiver groups, top to bottom. And as of now, they're playing – you know, if, if that grad assistant is playing quarterback and they throw the ball well against UK, then I would say it's probably time to worry. <laughs> um, Because you, you, if, if those guys throw the ball well on you, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, mm. So, I, what I'm trying to say is I don't, I don't know that we're going to know if it's cleaned up or not by the Florida game because they got Chattanooga this weekend. I don't – I would guess that game plays out much more like ULM, you know, where there's – you know, maybe they play a little bit better. They might, might get over 100 yards, you know what I mean? Like the ULM stats don't really seem possible to replicate. It was so bad. But it's not going to be something where I think you really have to worry about it. And then, again, if you, if you play well against South Carolina – You know, I think they'll be in good shape there. Um, So Florida's going to be the same way, though. I mean, they quarterback issues, they've not thrown the ball incredibly well. Richardson's done a good job when he's come in, and he's thrown for a few touchdowns. But that that might be a more true test up until then. So that's what I was saying. I just don't think you're going to run into many teams here that are just going to sit back and just throw the ball a ton on the rest of the schedule. I mean, Tennessee will, but that's late in the year, so –
0: Nick says, what do you think the cause of the running back fumbles is? The new style and new running back coach or just some bad luck? Derek, the the first one there in the first half, that was a helmet on a ball. But Rodriguez has to do a better job securing that football inside the four and five yard line. You can't, and he did fumble that ball there yeah. in the second half. Like it's it's clear when you watch the film, when you look at pictures, Eli Cox should have got credited for the touchdown. <laughs> Maybe some bad luck, but also at the same time, I don't want to say bad luck because UK did recover one of those. It could have been much worse. But he's got to do a better job securing the football there and, and being being tight and strong with the football. You cannot go for drives like that. And, I mean, that was, that was a killer. If Kentucky does that against a Florida or a Georgia or someone like that and you blow an opportunity to score, you, you will lose the game. Like, you have to secure the ball.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, as, as bad as it is, like.
0: I, and I've got to think point. it was after you, uh-huh. after you give your after you give your thoughts, I've got a positive yeah. note.
1: Well, I, I just think that that first hit on the Rodriguez touchdown, like I, I just, honestly, I just think it was like a perfect hit. Like you see that yeah. a lot when the helmet gets hit on the ball. Like, it was just it was a great play, I thought, by the defensive player and. Uh, the second one and i think I probably said this on yesterday's episode like the second one was much more concerning because on any replay i saw i couldn't really tell what made him fumble like it wasn't a great hit it wasn't it's almost like he just dropped it and uh, smokes the first week was just you know not 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 very good ball security you know carrying the ball with your left hand when you're running up the right sideline that was um somewhat concerning but you got to think, and I was asking you about it because I think it was true. Like, I don't think Rodriguez had fumbled since his very first game that he played back in 2019. So, like, that was a lot of carries where ball security wasn't really an issue with him anymore. I guess you would hope that this, if you want to call it like a wake-up call, I guess you would hope that this is what it was because whether he actually gets credited or with the second fumble or not, like you said, it was it was out. And they they might have got lucky there that they recovered in the end zone because if that gets reviewed and Missouri was on it, that's two goal-on fumbles, and that's potentially the game.
0: They lose the game.
1: Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, I think uh, – yeah, they definitely – I mean, that should definitely be a wake-up call for Rodriguez. But at the same time, he's, he's clearly your best running back now because you're, you're not going to take him out. I mean, I saw one thread people – wanting to put him on the bench like that's just honestly that's not reality anymore like so you no, better hope no. that he, he gets it cleaned up because uh you're, you're gonna need him if you're gonna beat the best teams on your schedule you're gonna need a very good Chris Rodriguez
0: you yep absolutely and and what I was gonna how I was gonna spin it it's kind of a positive right Kentucky they fumble right there going into the end zone how many times do you do we come back and say well Kentucky lost that football game and you can go back to that play uh yeah. Geiger has an interception if he just extends his arms has an alligator arm it, then I mean, he's got an interception. Missouri follows that with a touchdown, a, a blocked field goal, all these things that didn't go in Kentucky's favor, Derek, the ball bouncing certain way, they still found a way to win. Those are games I'm telling you, and you know this growing up, going to games in that stadium, Kentucky loses that game 95% of the time. They found yeah. a way to win it. And they didn't play their best football. They weren't the cleanest, and they still found a way to win an SEC game. That is encouraging to me because it's week two. I think they're going to get some things cleaned up, especially ball security. I think this offense is going to take care of the ball. You had another interception from Levis where he threw the ball behind Cummings. That is on Will. Yes, Cummings got both hands on the ball. I think that that one was more to do with Will than the one with Ali in week one, just because that ball is so far behind Cummings. And if that ball bounces up in the air, I mean, it's it's getting picked. Uh, which leads us into a question about Will, and it's from Smooth86. Is it concerning Will Levis' struggles being pushed out of the pocket? It seems when he's blitzed, he struggles getting the pass off. And should we utilize our tight ends more in the offense? Uh, Derek, I don't know if you follow Van Hiles or not on Twitter, but he does a lot of video breakdowns. And, and there was a play there to where, where Justin Rigg was wide open. It was a touchdown. If Will gets it out of his hands, he's looking at him, and then the pressure comes And it instead of him stepping up in the pocket. It just looks maybe like Will's doing some great things. Kentucky's passing game is far beyond what it has been, but you can still tell that he's learning some scheme, too, and he's, he's getting comfortable in the system. That, that's something that I think will naturally improve as we go throughout the season. You get more tape. His arm strength, Eric, the throws that he does come back and make, that's the encouraging thing with me. If he misses one or takes a sack, he always steps up and with a clutch throw, to follow it or a clutch play. That, that's the that's what you want.
1: That's a great point that you mentioned Van and his breakdowns because if you watched what Van had to say, there were two plays to Rig that should have been good gains. And if that's the case, I don't think we would have had the question asking if the tight end should be utilized more because I think there would have been a pretty nice stat line for Rig. Um, I think in a, just in a lot of ways um levis is a young quarterback still like i know he's at his fourth year of college but he's just now really a first-time starter and i think every time he goes back and watches film he'll see things and they'll keep improving that way um there are going to be struggles i mean i'm going to say you know whenever he gets into the thick of this thing you hope that you just see constant improvement but it's still i think we know enough now that he has the huge arm he he I mean, I would say it's just his mentality. Like, he threw the pick, came right back the next drive. I don't want to – I don't know if it was the exact same play, but he went back to Cummings, who sat down in the zone. Instead of, you know, on the pick, he was still running a route over the middle, and it was behind him. Whereas he sat down on, in that zone, and Levis had him right in the numbers. So, I think it's good to see him bounce back that way. But, yeah, I think there's certainly plenty of things to clean up on. And, uh, like you said, I would definitely encourage you to go watch Vans. Highlights or his breakdowns because um did he get sacked on that one to rig where rig was open? He
0: did, I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
1: And I don't know what he was looking at exactly or where the play was supposed to go, but you can definitely see rig come free. And uh I mean it would have that's an easy throw for Will to where it was. So yeah, he missed that one, missed one to rig where he got sacked again. So those are I don't think that's anything surprising though for a young quarterback.
0: No. And that will get better. He will get better for sure. Uh, So let's move into a couple of DM questions here. So Shane makes an appearance in the mailbag. Long time. No see, Shane. Glad to have you back in here. (laughs) He says, don't worry, I'll resume my wacky off-wall questions as well today. So the first one, Derek, is what are your guys' feelings about UK offense and defense now that it's gone, frankly, against a much better team than ULM? And then personally, I find it refreshing as a fan not knowing a run is coming every single down and that on third and longs, Kentucky can actually convert. Defensively, as a fan, I was frustrated until post-game comments from Stoos about uh, Dinkwitz just <laughs> calls games so well that it's tough to win that chess match. Still think defense has more room to improve than offense. That's, that's a fair statement. I think the yeah. defense – and it, but you looked at me I – look, I looked at you in the press box Saturday night and I asked you – you know, how did I word it to you? Which unit would you be more concerned about, blah, blah, blah? And you said, well, the defense starts 10 seniors. So, they, they got to get yeah. it figured out.
1: Yeah. Um, that was a DM question, right? I was trying to figure out what to address. Yeah. From, well, uh, he, <clears throat> he
0: was talking about what, what our, <throat> I think about
1: the offensive defense, right?
0: Yeah, just overall through two weeks. I mean, the offense is – I mean, you have to – be pleased with the offense, right? Oh, yeah. What we've watched yeah. for the last five, six years.
1: Yeah, I mean back to back 500 yard games. I mean that's that's uh, tough to beat. Um, and he's right on the third down. I mean the best throw of the day I thought from Levis was the third and twelve there in the fourth quarter. Whenever uh, you know Missouri's gonna play man to man and Wondell Robinson gets open and he's able to put it on him. Um, that was lacking. I felt like there were times last season where they had some guys get open deep. N- nothing much. Um, but you know um, what i mean is they you know they didn't take a ton of shots deep and then when they did quite frankly they just didn't hit them <laughs> and they they've hit i think i saw stat levis my i think he's like top 5 in passes of 60 yards or more I, I i can't remember that stat but he's he's up near the top of the nation in big plays i mean they're they're hitting the deep ball right now so you got to be thrilled with that defensively i mean I really think they're gonna be fine. I, I, mean, I really do. Like, is there concerns with the pass rush? Sure. Like, are they super thin at corner? Definitely. Um. So I don't. I don't mean. I'm not saying this is gonna be a top twenty five unit, but I don't think it's gonna be a unit so bad that it costs them some games. I think this week you might see a step back offensively, just because I think you're gonna see a lot of young guys play a lot this week, or that would be the hope.
0: Let's go into this other question here, and then we'll come back to Shane's final question. So this is from VA Blue. How much does Kentucky open up the offense against Chattanooga to iron the kinks out with SEC opponents on the near horizon? They need to run the playbook to get comfortable with the new offense but need to not show too much. And we talked about this yesterday, right? Rodriguez is going to get fewer carries this week because you don't want an injury. Uh, you would like to see Levis in this offense kind of explode and then coast right get some younger guys in get some guys some reps
1: yeah i would definitely uh i would definitely and i'm sure that's what the plan will be they'll pick out the things they feel like they really need to get cleaned up for league play and try to really execute those things but otherwise you do not want this to be a game where you're having to play a lot of starters you know deep into the game i mean this needs to be shoot they don't go back out of conference until when the end of november right i mean this might be the last time for a while to get some of these younger guys in so I think midway through the third quarter, you want this game to be well in hand and be able to play some younger guys. So um, I don't I don't think you're gonna see them open at the playbook very much at all this week. Yeah.
0: I don't I don't think so either. And let's let's do Shane's last question here, Derek. And uh <laughs> this one try not to laugh too much with this one. Well, maybe I should laugh a lot. Which college mascot do you think would win a Hunger Games? if one was held between all of them. My money is on something like App State's Mountain Man or West Virginia's due to survivalist skills. Puddles the Duck is a sleeper, though. He seems like he's committed war crimes in his
1: past. Um,
0: <laughs> I've missed Shane's questions.
1: <laughs> what is WKU's mascot's name? Does he even have a name, That red blob of whatever it is?
0: Let me look here. Big Red is what they call him.
1: Big Red. I don't know. He got big red. He got, uh, I mean, the gator of Florida. Like, I mean, that's intimidating. what is the
0: fighting okra? Who has the fighting okra? It's
1: not like the food.
0: Yeah, it's there's one, the Delta State Fighting Okra.
1: Oh, yeah, I just pulled it up on Google. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going with that. <laughs> that. That's what I'm going with. I'm going, the okra, it's fighting okra. I get you the Sphere the Okra shirt as a uh, wedding gift. <laughs> Delta State University.
0: I'll wear it under my I'll wear it under my tucks that day. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'll get you. That'll be good. Sammy the Slug. Uh, Have you seen Sammy the Slug?
1: Sammy. Is this uh yeah?
0: Like that's a good one. Who are you going with?
1: <laughs> These questions always stomp me. I don't know. Yeah. Who did he say he thought committed war crimes?
0: Puddles the Duck. Is that Oregon?
1: It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Man, that, that's an all-time. Uh, when that duck came running out of the tunnel, or even the tunnel just for the national championship game, and it was just sprinting all by himself uh, <laughs> through, like, the uh, smoke and stuff. Yeah, let's go Puddles the Duck. I like it.
0: That's that's so funny. Um, I'm sticking with the fighting okra. When you look at that dude's face. that guy's surviving whatever for sure and then we have one more question and it is from lucas witt and lucas wants to know let me see here let me pull my tweet back up sorry going through dms and everything craziest memory at kentucky game football or basketball good or bad let's go football since we're on the football episode Derek, do you you've been to a lot of games at kroger field and let's go let's go back to our days as a fan Instead of our days covering the program, you have a memory from Kroger Field that's just crazy.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if I should say it on here. Um, <laughs> I won't say it on here just because I there's no reason to. But uh, it's been it's definitely been at least ten years since it happened. But just just some fists being thrown in the uh, Kroger Field uh, Stadium. But crazy memories as a fan, uh, the Kentucky football game. I don't know. Then I told the story I already on here once about my, one of my best friends who was at my wedding who was a Tennessee fan and he got real salty when he came finally into the streak and just walked back to his car while I stormed the field with his, it's now his wife, but it was his girlfriend at the time, me and my brother and her went on the field and he just sat in the car uh waiting on us to get back. But I wasn't like at the Bluegrass Miracle. Uh I wasn't no, I don't have any like crazy. Man, like I said, I saw that I don't want to share it on here just because it's. I don't. I don't really know the people. Uh, I mean, I, it was a player. I, I'm not gonna say anymore because I'm just. Telling it, but no, I was, and I don't have any crazy basketball ones either. I didn't really go to basketball games at all uh, growing. Up. I think I only went to like three or four growing. Up. I went to f- far more football games. But
0: well, my basketball one has to be the tornado game at the SEC tournament.
1: Oh man, yeah, sure I, was I was true. a part
0: of, and it was the. I thought I was gonna die. I mean, there were washers flying. Oh, yeah. Um, believe it. from the ceiling, and I go out in the parking lot, and my car is sitting here perfectly fine, but two cars down is on its top. Another one has its windshield Jeez. busted out, but mine is perfectly fine. So, that, that's by far my craziest memory. Uh, had to move hotels and everything in the middle of the night, but football, my craziest memory, has nothing to do with the game. Walking into the Tennessee game, I guess it was 2009, So it was the one where Sam Maxwell picked off the interception, ran it back to start the game. So I was late getting to my seat because we were walking through the KET building parking lot. And they obviously just had horses walking through the parking lot for some reason that day. And I stepped in horse poop and I, it took me 30 minutes to clean it off my shoes. It was on my jeans. It was bad. So I missed the interception and got to my seat, I think, with three minutes to go in the first quarter. And I'll just never forget. That's the, that's by far my craziest moment. Because can you imagine how crowded those bathrooms are in restrooms at Kroger Field or Commonwealth Stadium then? And here I am, knee-deep in horse poop, just walking into a stadium and just embarrassed as can be. So that that's by far my craziest memory.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything that can match that. <laughs> <laughs> I keep,
0: I just keep telling myself, and that's what reminded me when we'd had our belt bowl experience a couple years ago. And you're driving around, uh, what even not even a quarter mile from the stadium for three hours, and then I get out of the car and I walk through mud. So I had mud on me that day, and I'm like, oh man, it looks better than what it was that day. I'll take it. Uh,
1: they were showing aerial shots of that, um, stadium for the Georgia Clemson game, and I was like trying to show my wife, like, where. I was like, I think our hotel was like over here and I had to like drive and I could have just walked from here to there and it had been far quicker, but
0: that yeah. was so funny. That was <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'd say the that's craziest cool. memory I had covering, uh, like covering a football game. That's what people will remember. It's nothing like too insider just because I think fans remember Vince Mero's like cussing tirade yes. after the Mississippi State game. And we were just like chilling in the media room and he just very <laughs> uncomfortable. Just listening to him yell at people. We were just.
0: And then no, I, I loved it. I loved Stoops, it. I was
1: like, during Stoops's presser, like, Stoops was trying to talk, and uh, it was like everybody could hear it. It was no, I mean, Stoops, Stoops looked
0: at Slacks and goes, Uh,
1: tell him to go, go in there. You, slacks. Want go,
0: you want to go tell him, yeah,
1: <laughs> tell him to calm down. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. it just got destroyed, too. That was in 2017. Oh, yeah, they got crushed. Had that awful second half, but then you, you remember Vince coming out, yeah, I won't know. There ain't nothing going on in there, and he comes out that <laughs> way. Sorry about that. I'm sorry about that, yeah. <laughs> That would be mine, too, covering yeah. games for sure. Well, we we appreciate you all so much for submitting questions for the football mailbag. We knew that these episodes would grow once the season started, and they certainly have. We look forward to next week. So, as soon as the game's over, start thinking of your questions, and then first thing Sunday morning, send them in. I'll put a tweet up, first thing on Sunday morning. And you can get us your mailbag questions then. As always, this episode is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by The Butcher's Pub. Three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit Butcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.